Ahoy! On the combo, no, it's just Hunter. Hello there, I'm History of the Flash, but you could call me JD. And welcome to Hear a Story episode... something. 88. 88, thank you. A Hear a Story is a podcast all about comic books, where we go over comic book TV shows, movies, games, and most of all, comics. Every week we start off by going over the news of the week, then we review all the comics that came out this week, we give a little recap, say our thoughts on it. However, the world has ended, so there are no comics at the moment right now. Uh, usually, yes, yes we, DC and Marvel have have teamed up in the sense that they are not distributing new comics to, uh, and Diamond won't be distributing those comics further to the comic shops. So, uh, it's a quick pause. We don't actually know when the end date will be. It's more of when we actually know more about the COVID nineteen yeah. and when it's safe to go back out. Uh, a lot of shops, such as my shop, were doing uh, curbside pickups, which I think could resume once we have a little bit more data on this, but. For at least the time being, which looks like at least one month, uh, it's going to be no new comics. And, well, our show is all about comics, so how do we improvise, adapt, and overcome? Well, last week we had on uh, guest Scott Collins, who's a comic book artist, which was great. Yeah, thanks for listening to that. Checking out that episode. Yeah, Yeah. if you listen to that, thank you so much, and I highly Mm -hmm. recommend checking it out if you haven't. Uh, This week we were like, hmm, what do we do? So we decided that we'll do... Some kind of special episodes in the sense of like a this theme. this week we're going to do a villains based episode so it's yeah. going to be uh top 10 villains and we've done these in the past like in the beginning of episodes but now to try to fill our episodes we'll do that i think we'll do an episode on trade talk we'll do an episode where we take your questions there's going to be a mix of things to make it through because uh we want to make it through with you guys i mean we're in isolation too and we're bored so it, yeah. it, we don't want to stop the <laughs> podcast from running just because there's no comics exactly. so yeah just because comics are canceled doesn't mean a hero story is so we're still here for you we're still going to be here every week uh comic books are what we talk about but there's so many out there that we could just keep this show going on and on and on and on even if they're not being released at the moment so villains episode this week and we're gonna have several themed episodes kind of planned out as well as hopefully some more interviews as well so stay tuned and that being said this is the villain episode week so we're gonna be talking over a ton of bad guys and stuff we're a little late to year of the villains but uh yeah yeah i was thinking about that like what are we going to name? Because we, we always struggle with naming the episode. It's like after we're done recording, Hunter goes, what do we name it? I'm like, uh, I don't know. So, so yeah. I was thinking, is it going to be like, uh, Week of the Villain or something like that? But uh, something along those lines, I'm sure it'll be named. Yeah, I mean, you, obviously, you obviously, if you're listening to this, you already know the name of it. Yeah, uh, yeah, the so name. Do, yeah. <laughs> but we're going to be doing a few different uh, villain categories. And the first one, the main one, is going to be our top 10 comic book villains. So not too long ago, I believe we ranked our DC heroes and Marvel heroes yeah separate and we never we never touched upon villains so we're just kind of combining marvel and dc here wait you combine both marvel and dc right judy i i did okay good (laughs) just making sure we don't know each other's lists so we're going to be kind of surprising each other here we're going to say our who our number 10 is both of us and then talking over why so on and so forth as well as some honorable mentions just before we say our favorite villain of all time so that being said you want to start with your number 10 yeah, I'm going to give my number 10, which is Dr. Doom. Now, okay. I think that he has potential to go higher. It's just I haven't read enough of him. But Fair. from what I have read, he is an all-time great villain. Uh, the amount of power, the all-hail Doom. There's just so much cool lore to him. And I'd love to explore more of it. Um, getting into Hickman's Fantastic Four run and get, just getting into bigger Marvel runs. Um, everything I read with him I think is so cool. And I think he's such a layered character. So he made my top 10 list, and I think, you know, if you ask me in a year from now, he'll probably be higher. Okay, fair enough. Like, if I were to ask who's your favorite Doctor, or what is your favorite Doctor Doom story, do you have one? Uh, right. I mean, I, I just think Hickman's run, like, I don't know if I have a particular arc. Like, when you're reading a trade, I don't really think about the arc names. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think he's got some interesting stories in there. So th- mm-hmm. that would probably be um, the run. He's already like top 10, so yeah. Doctor Doom yeah, is... I think he's like a very interesting character, just like his history too. Like I always, like I remember when I first got into comics, you know, spending the uh, nights on Wikipedia reading about people's histories. <laughs> uh, I think we, I think we've talked about this before, Hunter. Like yeah. Where we, you know, when you get into the obsession of comics, it's like I need to know everything about every character. And yeah. uh, that was like Doctor Doom was one of those that I'm like reading all the history, and I'm like, wow, I really got to read these comics. These are cool. Yeah, and everyone's been through that on Wikipedia night wondering who the heck Red Hood is or <laughs> Doctor Doom. Yeah, in your me, case, me, so. me trying to understand why Batman called Nightwing Dick. I was just so confused, <laughs> but now I know. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's been years now, so we kind of understand that a little bit. So, uh, my yeah. number 10 is Black Adam, also kind of a leader oh, type of villain here. 
Um, I like Black Adam a lot. He's my favorite Shazam villain. I mean, Shazam doesn't have too many, but Black Adam, I know a lot of people say he's more of an anti-hero, and he has anti-hero intentions. Like, Black Adam legitimately thinks he is doing the right thing all the time. He is, he thinks he's a good person, but in the end, he's a villain. I mean, he's killing people here. So, (laughs) he's going to different cities and fighting other heroes. So, he is a villain in the end, but the power that he has, like, I'm I'm kind of a sucker for powerful characters. That's why I liked Hal and Powell so much, Hal Jordan the Green Lantern Corpse, how powerful it made the heroes feel. As well as the villains. I feel like yeah, sure. Black Adam is one of the all-time strongest that live on Earth, at least. Mm-hmm. Just, he's, he's a tactician. He's a king. He's a hero to many people. But for most people, he is a villain. And I hope that in comics they do more with him. I was very happy to see that he had a role in Doomsday Clock. But I want to see more of that. I want to see what happens next. Because he had a major role. Just his role in the world being king of a country had a big impact on the whole Doomsday Clock era. So I want to see that continue, hopefully soon. Yeah, well, I think in the current Shazam run, seeing a little bit of rivalry between him and Savannah and uh, Mr. Mind has been interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite them being villains, they're not all on the same side. So Exactly, um, yeah. I, yeah, I think that's interesting. Yeah, Black Adam's cool. Um, I really hope The Rock does him justice. My, my biggest <laughs> fear is that the Black Adam movie is terrible. Yeah, let's talk about um, and, that for a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, if you don't know for some reason that uh, The Rock is playing Black Adam and he's getting a Black Adam solo movie, um, which we've talked about on the podcast before, like it has potential to be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, my worries lie in can Dwayne The Rock Johnson do an Egyptian accent? <laughs> yeah, because I he wanted does, to like, have a little that. bit he of is... an accent in Scorpion King, a little bit, but still he's very I rock. Was years I just, ago. <laughs> that was also years ago. Yes. Yeah. So he had hair back then. Yeah, I'm just hoping ca- that, you know... I mean, he was cast as Black Adam when he had hair. He was cast as Black Adam in 2007. Fun fact. Yeah, and he clearly has a ton of passion for the character, which I respect a lot. I just mm-hmm. hope that he can, you know, get that voice down and not act like The Rock. Like, this is a big role for him, so I just hope he, he has the acting capability. He says it's a big role, which gives me yeah. help. I mean, even in this time of quarantine, he's done a lot of, like, long Instagram TV videos of just answering mm-hmm. fan questions. And a lot of people are asking about Black Adam, and he's so passionate, and he name-drops books. He says, like, I was just reading Jeff Johns' run the other day. I'm like, whoa, okay. Oh, that's crazy. I yeah, didn't like that. he, he name-dropped John, uh, Jeff Johns. So I have a wow. bit of hope. I don't know if he will do the Egyptian Egyptian accent. I hope he does, because he is an Egyptian It's character. such a big part of the character. I just feel yeah, like I know. He, he was it. a slave who got the power from the wizard and just kind of used that to, well, kill people. But... He has so much character development, and I hope that he could do that. The Rock does have a lot of passion towards this, like we said. I mean, he keeps saying how it's a very, very important project to him, and that he's mm-hmm. officially ready to go. So, mm-hmm. I feel like they might have cast him because he's The Rock, instead of he's a guy that could play the role. <laughs> oh, 100%. It's, people will go see a movie because The Rock is in it. I mean, exactly. you know, he makes three huge action flicks uh, per summer. So, exactly, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I still have hopes for that movie. I just, I'm a little nervous when it comes to The Rock. But, you know, like I said, his passion's there, and I hope it matches that. But, yeah, Black Adam, to get back to the track, uh, Black Adam is really cool. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what What's your number nine? Oh, me again? All right. My number nine is Bullseye, Daredevil villain. Oh, okay. Yeah, I love Bullseye. I think he's he's one of those characters that, although he's human, like he doesn't have powers or anything, he's clearly insane, but not to the Joker level, just kind of, he's got that crazy look in his eye, especially in Chips' RCA's current run. The last issue, in fact, uh, 22 or something, I forget the issue number, but he had this crazy look in his eyes, he's throwing knives at people's heads and everything, and he's, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, no powers, but he has the ability to basically never miss like he has extremely accurate throwing and all that so i like that about him he's he's unique in that way he's got kind of a lame suit here and there <laughs> depends on what we're talking what book we're talking about but i, I do like a suit in kevin smith's run but he does yeah. have this kind of insane mortality to him where he thinks he could do anything he thinks he's invincible he's very cocky even when he's losing for example, mm-hmm. like I said, I've been reading Kevin Smith's whole Daredevil run recently, and there's a scene where Daredevil knocks his teeth out, and only does this smile showing like the teeth missing, and throws the teeth back, and start and he like bursts out laughing. He's crazy. Mm-hmm. He's confident, and he's just a threat. Like when he comes in, Matt Murdock is immediately afraid because he yeah. knows who this guy's capable of. He knows this guy has nothing to lose. He will do anything 
to just kill. So yeah. I like that kind of villain that's crazy like that, but not too insane. So, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, bullseye number nine. Yeah, that's a, that's a good pick. That was not one that I considered, uh, but yeah, he is cool, and I I forgot about him in Guardian Devil. It's been a while since I read that. I got to get on that again. It's good. It's really good. It has this really yeah. cool scene with Doctor Strange where they summon a demon, and yeah, I highly recommend Daredevil Guardian Devil. I, I have a weird spot for Kevin Smith's writing. Like, I love his Green Arrow. I don't know if you've read his Green Arrow. Um, I haven't. The, I've heard for... nothing but good things, though. I've seen a lot of uh, panels, though. It's funny because um, in the group chat, I've talked to them about it and none of them seem to like it. I absolutely love Green Arrow Quiver. That's the first story. It's about like Oliver Queen coming back to life. The, okay. the story is just so interesting to me. If you ever get a chance and for anyone listening, if you never read it before, I highly recommend. Um, it's, it's like the start of the Green Arrow 2001 run, basically the return of Oliver Queen. Very interesting. So, um, yeah, I, I, I got to reread his Daredevil because I like some Kevin Smith. Yeah, he is good. I mean, he's... I guess some people do, it is a popular opinion that people consider his writing a hit or miss, but mm-hmm. his Daredevil is really good. Like, I, I will argue that to the end. It's a very good run. Yeah, and I think, I, I, I think honestly, he just gets very overshadowed by his run leads to the Bendis run. So, the Bendis run is like an all-time great when it comes to Daredevil. So. It's considered one of the best, yeah. Him and yeah, Bendis so, so and I, Frank so Miller. I think it's just hard that it kind of gets buried underneath that. Yeah, but I, I think it's a very solid writing, and I think you know among the Daredevil mythos, it's definitely a book that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. And it is a short run in the end. I think it was only a year. Uh, yeah, I think it's only twelve stands. issues or something like that. Yeah, I think it's twelve issues. So it's short, but it it's sweet. There's no filler at all, which is good for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, my number nine is uh, Ozymandias from oh, Watchmen. Interesting. interesting. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know if we'd count him for this, but I feel no, like he, he does counts. count. Yeah, yeah, he's DC. Um, and there's another one that I feel like he'd be ranked higher if there was just more of him. But the thing that actually makes Ozymandias great and Watchmen great is that it is in a short dose. It's the one story or two stories if you count Doomsday Clock. So um, Ozymandias is a very interesting villain uh, in the sense that he doesn't really view himself as the villain. Kind of in yeah. the Black Adam sense of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like that he's kind of like the hero. And uh, yeah, I, I just think um, both of the performances of him in live action have both been really good in both the HBO show and the movie. Um, mm. I really enjoyed Ozymandias. I think it's just a very versatile character and one of my favorite scenes Ozymandias is just like uh, when they come to him and they realize like what he's about to do mm. and they're like, no, you have to stop the bombs and then he's like, stop it. I've already done it 30 minutes ago and he's like, I'm not some Bond villain. That's what he says in the comic in the movie. He says he's not a comic book villain. Like That's a very interesting like outlook yeah. Like, uh, I don't know, just like the genius of Ozymandias and like how it's a long-term plan of deterrence with the squid. Like I, the squid ending is so interesting to me. Yeah, I used to hate the, the squid ending uh, with when really? it comes to Watchmen. I used to think that was so stupid really? reading the book. Huh. And now I've come to appreciate it a lot. Like, wait, no, that makes perfect sense. Did you see the movie first? No, I I actually didn't even know about the movie until well after I read the comic. Okay, yeah, I'm the same way. I read the comic first, even though the movie was already out. I like, I didn't comics. remember that one. Like, that came out in 2009. I, I mean, I was before I read comics anyway. But, like, I read Watchmen, let's say, like, 2014 or so, like, when I was first getting into comics. And I don't know. Maybe it was just, like, the inexperience of being a comic book reader. But I was just like, this is stupid. Why would it be a squid? <laughs> and why are people re- responding to this? And then, like, as I, like, I, you know, I, I almost read Watchmen, like, once a year at this point. Yeah, and, that's uh, then I started thinking, like, wait, no, this actually makes sense. This is actually really good. So, yeah, I've, I've come to like that a lot. Uh, but, yeah, Ozymandias is just, like, a brilliant plan and, like, uh, how to fool Dr. Manhattan, like, the typical brain versus brawn. You know, mm-hmm. it's the Manhattan and Ozymandias relationship reminds me a lot of a different version of Lex Luthor and Superman. And I think that's why I like it so Yeah, much. it is very close. So I understand that. I do, you know, Ozymandias, I, going back to the squid, when I first read the book, I loved the squid because it was... Oh, interesting. The book isn't very violent until that last chapter. And you flip yeah. the page and you see the squid just devouring the city and there's bodies everywhere and blood. And it was shocking to me. Like, I was yeah. so shocked that this book with not much violence can be so bloody all of a sudden yeah. on the last few pages. So I, I thought it was great. And when I watched the movie, I didn't know that they changed the ending. So I was a little disappointed. That. yeah yeah i remember when i because then i watched the movie a little bit after like i read watchmen let's say 2014 and then i i watched the movie like 
probably like 2015 at some point, like later in 2015. And I watched it. And I'm like, oh, that's that's interesting. Like the white light. And then now, obviously, I look at that. And I'm like, oh, no, they should have just done the squid ending. Yeah, they should have. It made the movie less violent. But I could rant about this wow. movie another time. <laughs> Who, who who doesn't love the uh, prison sequence? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, okay, so uh, so on to number eight. <laughs> yeah, number eight. My number eight is Zoom. Hunter Zolomon. So, okay, I know this is on your list probably, but Zoom 100%. is my number eight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Flash Blitz is considered within the superhero community. Well, some people, maybe just us, the holy bible of Flash <laughs> comics. So it's for a lot of people. It's either return for most Flash fans, generally speaking, it's Return of Barry Allen or uh Blitz, and then there's the few group who are like Flashpoint. But the rest of us <laughs> yeah. are like, yeah, Blitz or Return of Barry Blitz. Allen. So, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I think a lot of people story. Uh, it's very great. Hunter Zolman is one of those characters that I wish was built up with other characters. So you meet Hunter Zolman, he's a cop. You know, he wants to do his job. He's a great character. He's a friend of Wally West. And that's it. He's like that for a while. And he's in most issues. You just see him as, hey, here's this friend to Wally. Here's this character that helps out. He's kind of like a little bit of Commissioner Gordon style. And you get yeah. to know him so much until one day Gorilla Grodd breaks him. He paralyzes him. And that starts the tragedy of Hunter Zolomon and how eventually he uses the cosmic treadmill and becomes Zoom, the villain. So you meet this character. You get to know him. You get to like him. And then he comes the villain. Something I wished happened to uh, the current Flash villain, the current Big Bad, which I can't remember his name suddenly. Par- Paradox? Yeah, Paradox. I wish that happened. Because we got an origin story of Paradox. I wish we met him before. I wish we got, yeah. to, I wish we got to know him and see the tragedy of him losing his family, like we did to Hunter, in a way, of him losing everything else. His job, his body, his stuff like that. So sure. I also like his motives. I like Zoom's motives. I like how he doesn't, again, he doesn't see him as a full villain. Maybe a little bit, but he's more so not trying to hurt Wally. As, well, he is, but he's trying to make him better in the end. Like, he's trying to make Wally a better hero in the end by punishing him, by showing him, hey, here's con- there's, consequ- eh, there's consequences to this. And because of that, I'm going to destroy you. But you're going to beat me in the end and become a better hero. And he thinks he's doing Wally a lot, like a favor in a way. So I like that. I'm so glad he's back, too. Kind of. So, I mean, well, we well so, uh, so my following follow-up question would be: Do you like the change to him? Do you like the actually? It wasn't his first uh, time being wrong. It was actually Eobard who gave the gun. He was actually right, but Eobard changed the history. Oh, that yeah. I mean, Scott Scott Collins liked it. Um, I never minded it actually until the interview last week where we talked to Scott Collins, where he brought it up. It made me think about it more. Like, oh yeah, I guess some people don't like this change. I, yeah, I feel like I feel like a lot of people don't like it. Although I don't know, my Instagram poll was like seventy thirty of like it don't like it. So I kind of like the idea of Eobard like pulling the strings on the Flash family in general. I think if Hunter was more of a Barry villain, yes, but the fact that he's not, he's more of a Wally villain. It makes me be like, okay, Eobard, what were you doing there? <laughs> mm-hmm. So I don't mind it. I think I'll like it more if there's a confrontation between Eobard and Hunter talking about that moment i feel yeah, like there's still well, like story well, a story to tell there well so i think a way to make that interesting would be that if uh eobard's reasoning for doing that is that he knew whatever through time travel however you're gonna explain it that he knew what hunter losing his father there, father-in-law there would do to his history that would uh end up harming wally west and that Eobard hates Wally West because Wally has the life that Eobard wanted, being Barry Allen's sidekick. Oh, being, yeah, okay. So, so I, I think that could be cool. And, you know, like the, like the subject matter of Return of Barry Allen is that, you know, he's kind of jealous of Wally, uh, you know, in in part. Yeah. So, uh, no, see, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't deserve to they be the Flash history. and all that. Yeah. Because for those so, who so know, I, I I think that's how you could change that story. Because as of right now, I'm like very fifty fifty on it. There's things, I, and I've talked about this. Um, a lot of people responded to my story with the uh, poll, and I was talking it out with a lot of people. And I'm like, there there are things that I like to it. You know, the idea of Eobard pulling all the strings behind the Flash mythos is interesting. But I don't know. There's something about Hunter, especially in Blitz, Hunter being wrong for the first time, like having this great life and how it changes in five seconds, is interesting. Yeah, for those who don't know. Return of Barry Allen is, a, although it's called Return of Barry Allen, it's a Wally West story that involves Eobard Barthone. And for those who don't know what yeah. we're talking about right now, uh, with Hunter Zolomon's origin story is he was always right about something, he's wrong about one thing, it loses, it makes him lose some two people very close to him in the end. 
but it was recently changed. So instead of him being wrong, it was more so he was kind of framed for it. Like yeah, plant. like he he he, he was right, and Eobard set him set the pieces in motion. Yeah. So reverse flash, yeah. reverse flash created Zoom in the story. So it's yeah. interesting. Uh, it's something that I feel like we could talk about for hours. Like it, I like it, but I understand why people don't. Personally, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's just opened up for more story to tell. I really want a Hunter yeah. and Eobard conversation to happen. Because, I mean, yeah, how many I, times have those guys interacted? That one part in prison before Flashpoint? Yeah, that. yeah. there's the, fla- the Flash Rebirth 09 when uh, he says that Zoom rolls up to Eobard and he says that I think we can make each other better. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Flash War prelude where they're, he saves them right before Flashpoint and that's it. So... Oh, and there's also Rogue War. They kind of interact, kind um, of when yeah. when, he, when he starts time traveling. So, mm-hmm. but but yeah. So they never yeah, actually there, sat down and talked. There's like a story to be told there, and I'd be interested if if that like I think that's the way that you could salvage this because I think right now it just feels like it's like left undone. Like mm-hmm. I feel like there's just more to do. So I, it, it depends on who could weave that story. I'd, I'd be interested in it though. We haven't seen um, uh, Zoom in a while, but Reverse Flash is returning to the Flash. I would say next week, but. Soon, yeah. <laughs> like soon. When when arc. comics when comics come back. Yeah, within this arc that we're currently on in the Flash, so stories to be told. I mean, Zoom could return very soon. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, but yeah that's my number eight. So your turn. All right. Yeah, my number eight is Sinestro. The okay. Best the best Green Lantern villain, of course. Uh, Sinestro just has a very interesting history. I like the idea of him being a Green Lantern and being the best Green Lantern, and then all of a sudden some cocky human just comes up and takes that <laughs> spot of the number one lantern like the rivalry and especially given that uh sinestro was close with abin sir i think that's like very interesting yeah like, it is seeing somebody replaced like that that meant a lot to you and and now this guy's better than you like it, it's, a, it's a very interesting story um i mean jeff has a gift for writing villains and the way he writes sinestro i think is extremely amazing um so yeah sinestro is really great and i love the whole de- uh, whole idea of the sinestro corpse and the yellow corpse that's just so creative i you know the 2000s green lantern is just so cool even then it was good today sinestro had a short and very underrated the 52 run that i feel like shoot. nobody knows about that i yeah. swear nobody talks about that <laughs> i love it it's so good oh, it's i have great. it's it's three trades i believe so it's not like i think it's 27 issues in the end uh-huh. something like that it's really good and unfortunately rebirth kind of retconned it because even the writers forgot about it archilo gets his hand cut off and he's forced to use a construct for a hand. Yeah, but, which is very interesting, by the way. Yeah, and then his next appearance, like, he has a hand again. So it's like, oh, okay. I guess that never yeah. happened. Even then, he, uh, he gives, Black, like, Black Adam plays a big role in the end. And he's the Yellow Lantern. And he joins Sinestro's corpse. And they go, or core, sorry. And they go to space. And Black Adam becomes the side character that very much respects Sinestro as, like, a brother. Like, they're really, like, they never, they agree with everything. And it's just so good, their conflict together and how they both think they're the hero and they think that everyone else is wrong and they're both kind of like hyping each other out, like motivating each other that we're the heroes at the end of the story. And so I like that about, I mean, Sinestro, I think he kind of knows he's the bad Mm -hmm. guy. I mean, his whole thing is fear, but Mm -hmm. Black Adam kind of convinces him like sometimes fear is good. Look at Batman, for example. So it's cool. I like that. So, yeah, yeah for sure. Sinestro is really cool. So, mm-hmm. uh, all right, on to number seven. Seven, yeah. You want to go? You want? Yeah, uh, <laughs> Kingpin. Okay. Kingpin is a very interesting villain. Vanessa. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I've been rewatching. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he has. I think he has two great. Uh, you know, he, he's great outside of comics as well. Between Into the Spider Verse and, of course, Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Mama, for his actor. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that was a whole controversy. Yeah, um, look, but, yeah, yeah look up I, the actor's name in yeah, Joe Mama. Yeah, it's the, the, actor plays, <laughs> the actor who plays Kingpin, look him up and look up Joe Mama. There's some interesting stuff there. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> I think he's written very interestingly. Um, I actually love his current state, being the mayor of New York City, and the idea yeah, that, he was, quitting, that yeah. he was quitting crime and how that created a vacuum of the crime families. Um, mm-hmm. I, I thought that was like a really great story. and that they were able to do it through like, like him also appearing in the amazing Spider-Man and him also appearing in Captain America. Like, I think they've, you know, Marvel does a really good job of like continuity. He's so, no longer uh, just like, I mean, he first appeared, I believe in a Spider-Man issue. So technically he's a Spider-Man villain, 
but I think yeah, now... His, his first appearance is the Spider-Man No More issue, Amazing Spider-Man number 50. Yeah, exactly. So technically he is a Spider-Man villain, but I think now he's a New York villain. Like he affects Daredevil yeah. and Captain America and Spider-Man Fantastic Four, Doctor Strange. Like he's always mentioned in these New York heroes. So yeah. I like that. I like that a lot, how he's that villain instead. And although um, he is the mayor and at the moment Daredevil is actually trying to shut him down, I kind of want him to stay as mayor. Even if Oh yeah, I, I think him being mayor is interesting, and I always wonder if they're gonna be going for him to become president of like the Marvel universe at some point. I mean, Lex Luthor was president of the DC universe, but, at but one that's, point, what, so. that's what I'm saying. And wasn't Norman Osborn also president? Yes, he was. Yeah. So, so I wonder if they're building up for a story with that of him holding political power, especially mayor of New York City. Like that's a big you know place. But I'm mm. I'm, I'm just curious, you know. Um, where they're going with that but yeah i think uh kingpin's just a very cool villain and there's a lot like of stories exactly. that have been told with him that are good and that will continue to be told like i always think of him in uh, uh like uh, my first experience was in uh daredevil born again and he's very interesting Great in that story, story. <laughs> he works out a lot without a shirt on so. yeah there's yeah, a lot of yeah. there's a lot of scenes of, of him and his tidy whities but other yeah. than that you know <laughs> i mean he he's so powerful and Wilson Fisk being mayor or president wherever he is in the future I think one day Matt Murdock or Peter Parker whoever ends up stopping him and tells the world hey this guy's killing people behind your back he's he's the kingpin of crime and the world realizes that I could see a story happening where the world is kind of okay with that like mm-hmm. Wilson Fisk has done so much for the city and for America in general that they despite finding out that he is in the end a bad person he still helps so many, and they kind of, they're kind of okay with that. And then it gets like a struggle of Daredevil did the right thing, but the world doesn't care. And yeah. they're letting Kingpin rule. So I could see that, oh, pitch right there. You're welcome, Marvel. <laughs> right there. So, there yeah, I, I like Kingpin. Good choice. Yeah. What right, your, number, your number seven? Right. Number seven. My number seven, also kind of a leader in a way, General Zod. So Superman. Oh, okay. More of a space leader, I guess. General yeah. Zod being uh, the not the last on a Krypton, kind of depends on which comes first, I guess. But <laughs> uh, the last father of Krypton, maybe. Yeah, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I guess so. I mean, Clark's the father right now, but General Zod. I like how again, I like power. I like how he fights Green Lantern at one point. He's just such a such a strong character, and it makes me excited when he appears. I mean, he he doesn't appear that often, I guess. He has more recently in the past maybe two or so years since Bendis has come on. And mm-hmm. since leading up to Bendis coming on, Zod has appeared a lot. But before that, he was kind of like that character that would appear every once in a while. And when he did, he was threatening. You would do something scary. You would do something that mm-hmm. would threaten the whole whatever universe. You know, whether he's mm-hmm. on New Krypton or Earth or a different planet in general with Green Lanterns. He's very threatening because he's so powerful and he's so, like... Mo- uh, motivated towards his word of Krypton. He's so mm-hmm. loyal to that and he's so loyal to whatever plan he has to create new Krypton, even though it means having slaves. So he's a villain, but he has a motive that he's not trying to stop anyone. Like he's just trying mm-hmm. to do his own thing. And some people will try to stop him, but he's not trying to stop anyone else. He'll just push those people away. He'll push Kalal away or he'll push Hal away. And it's cool like that. I like General Zod. Plus, this design school outside of Speard. It's a little weird there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, Zod's a very interesting villain. Um, he's the, the history of Zod is interesting and in how he's kind of molded around live-action performances, like how the original uh, Superman and Superman 2 kind of influenced the comics and stuff. I, like, I think that's very interesting. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think his story is a very interesting story, like his mythos of being on Krypton with Jor-El being the disgraced military leader, him and Jor-El having similar ideals, but different ways to get to that. And how does that affect Superman? And yeah, New Krypton is extremely interesting. I loved when he appeared in Hell and Pals. And I'm curious where the current Batman Superman arc is going with him and Ra's al Ghul. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. I mean, so. he's, a, he's a tragic hero. So yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So that brings us to six. number six, uh, Eobard Thawne, the reverse flash. Okay. Now, you might have expected him to be a little higher on my list, and I, I feel like he's pretty high. I mean, six six is pretty good. Yeah. Um, Eobard Thawne is an interesting villain in the fact that he has so much to do with Barry Allen's life. Um, before Rebirth 09, he wasn't 
the villain that he was today in the sense that like he was really known as like a silver age villain you know he wasn't other yeah. than return of barry allen he didn't really have too many modern stories and then rebirth 09 and flashpoint were able to really change him and other he appeared in some other stories in that like little stretch post final crisis and all that but uh emr yeah. is just like a very i like i love the idea of the obsessed fanboy traveling back because he wants to be with the flash and then realizing that it's always going to be his fate to become the reverse flash uh one of my favorite issues is uh, the Flash 2010, uh, number seven, I believe it is, is like the Eobard origin issue oh, yeah. where yeah. he has a brother and he erases his own brother from existence. And Eobard uh, ends up loving, falling in love with this girl, but she has a boyfriend. So the reverse Flash erases him out of history. But even when he that guy is gone out of history, he, she still doesn't love him. So he kills her to get her out of Eobard's way because Eobard has to succeed this way. Like the idea of like you are stuck to your destiny is very interesting. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stories just, that have been told with Ebard, and I think there's still a lot of stories that can be told with the you can't change your future. You know, I, yeah. I, I think that's really interesting. So but uh, I really love Ebard, and yeah. even though there's times where I feel like people overhype him a little bit, I still think <laughs> he's an all-time great. Though. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I like how you said that you can't change your future, but he he's in so much power that if you like he can, a, a can. time tra- a time traveler who's a living paradox who can't change his own future very yeah, interesting concept exactly and because of that he's i feel like that also motivates him gives him more charisma gives him more kind of power to his mind well i well, like, well i think one of my favorite panels of all time is from return of barry allen when he goes to the flash museum and he sees the flash battling the reverse flash like in the statue mm-hmm. and he sees the real name of the reverse flash and it's his name and he sees his own face there and he's like no 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 yeah like that's, that's like a very like haunting panel like the way they draw his face yeah that's a good point oh i gotta reread that story <laughs> that's a good point the, the flash by mark wade volume uh volume two it starts yeah. with gr- the original guerrilla warfare and then it makes its way to return barry yeah, i got return it barry i got Allen, it all time great. <laughs> got in the same room i'm in right now so it's <laughs> it's a great story and i was i admit i was thinking about putting him on my list but i didn't i put zoom instead i was thinking about the two reverse flashes and i put zoom instead granted i i do like him a little bit better but reverse flash eobard is He's an interesting, again, tragic character yeah. that Ebert's I'm excited great. to see return within whenever comics come back. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Goes to your number, number six. six. My number six is Magneto. So, okay. and someone <laughs> that you like a lot, I know. Magneto, of more of an anti-hero now. More of a hero now, actually. He's much more of an actual superhero working side by side with the X-Men, being a leader. Being but he's definitely has some like dark tendencies in this current run especially we're seeing this in fantastic four x-men yeah absolutely he's a bit more of a darker character for sure a mutant at least he's well i guess all villains are tragic villains i'm realizing now on this list but he he's such an interesting character how he he kind of wants to be left alone at times but sometimes he wants to help and he feels like he has the upper mind towards everyone even though his best friend is one of the smartest mutants in the world one of the smartest marvel characters in the world so his powers again are also just really cool. I feel like that's something we haven't talked too much about this list. It's just the superpowers that these characters have. Yeah, Magneto's are cool. I mean, yeah, it's. Hell yeah. I mean, it's not that unique of powers, but I mean, these this character was written years and years and years ago. So Magneto's just like, kind of like a cool character that at sometimes can feel like a lost soul, at other times can feel like a dictator, and other times feels seem seem just like a friend. So yeah. He's a character that whether he's written as an anti-hero, hero, or a villain, he's always interesting. And he always has the same personality and goals. He's always a little bit dark at times, even when he's not supposed to be. And sometimes the characters around him, whether it be Cyclops fighting him or Cyclops fighting with him, is always kind of on edge around Charles. Not Charles. Oops, Eric. My bad. (laughs) So Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Magneto, number six. Number five now. Uh Number five, Captain Cold. Uh, of course, I gotta put Captain Cold yeah, on there. Yeah, uh, Leonard I, I have him slightly <laughs> above Eobard when it comes to my Flash villains, and that obviously applies to regular villains. Um, he, the idea of the tragedy of Leonard Snart is very interesting to me. The tragic upbringing of an abusive father, a dead mother, uh, his grandfather being the only good thing in his life, and of course dying—like everything that's good in his life goes away. Um, and even like the one great connection he has with his sister, and he leaves because he has, like, he feels like he has to. And, yeah. you know, she, she dies uh, during uh, this the later, like, Bronze Age, and he avenges her death. 
just like the interesting like family connections he has and creating the rogues because of that, like leading the rogues, but leading it as more of a family. Um, Captain Cold is a very interesting uh, villain. I, I think the Flash 182 is like one of the all-time great single-issue stories, uh, just because his origin is so cool. But there's other stories I love with him, like Final Crisis, Rogue's Revenge, where he actually kills his father. Um, there, there's just like a lot of good with him, and even when he's like acting as a hero, can be interesting as well, like in the New 52. But um, I, I just think Captain Cold is so great, and I hope he returns to that greatness because was not a big fan of the way he went in Rogue's Reign. But I think the character is interesting enough that. You know he can really return to that greatness. He can come back, yeah, for sure. I like having Nicole too. He's one of he's my favorite rogue. I mean, he's most people's as well, but he's yeah one of the few ice villains that I really do like. He's different, and he's one of the few villains in general that has a no kill rule, which I respect. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, no kill rule. Yeah, Occasionally his, his no kill his no kill uh, rule applies unless it's a kill or be killed situation. So yeah, so same as like Wonder Woman in that case. Yeah. So it, a lot of heroes have that moment too and he's a character that he's just trying to do the right thing for his own sake but he's not trying to kill people in that way. One, one, one of my one of my favorite captain cold moments is in the flash wonderland which is jeff john's first story and they're on the alternative earth and this is an earth where uh they go to joan garrick's house but she's actually not joan garrick she's joan claris she ended up marrying edward claris aka the rival and he's like an abusive husband and, and uh he freezes edward claris up in like a big ice cube and uh he's talking about how he considered barry allen like family like he considered him one of like the guys like yeah. i think that's very interesting like the relationship they had like despite being you know villains a, a villain and hero relationship they were still able to like respect each other at the end of the day it's like interesting yeah it's kind of the thing where they fight win or lose or maybe they escape like the rogues escape but captain cole will still kind of look back and think like see you next week yeah like <laughs> so, we, had, we, had, we had a good run yeah exactly um yeah. my number five is ocean master so King Orm, Aquaman's brother. That's a, that's a good one. I didn't put him on my top ten, but I considered it. Yeah, I love Ocean Master. I think he's one of those characters that is so good when he comes to comics, and he's on comics that often here and there. But when he does come, yeah. something big usually happens, or at least is leading up. Currently, mm-hmm. it is leading up to something. Him kind of being the hero of Atlantis that Arthur doesn't know about at the time, over distractions with new baby and whatnot. But Ocean Master, he has something like one of the few times a villain has a, an idea and he's trying to do it that when you think about it, it's like okay that's not that that's not that bad like you're doing that for a reason and he like the whole thing of throne of atlantis he's trying to flood cities to get back at them polluting his world it's like okay i can understand why you came to that decision i can understand why you're doing that so ocean master is one of those characters he's a dictator but he respects nothing but his people he really does respect Atlantis and all that. Like, he wants to be the hero for them. He doesn't care about those surface dwellers and all that. He just wants to be a hero. And even though, like, in the movie, for example, they kind of make it seem like, oh, Orm's, like, this huge bad guy. Like, he's going to kill everyone. Yeah, but, I mean, he's still a good king in the end. He's a good leader. There's a reason he's on on the throne so many times throughout the past 65 years and how many times he's yeah. going back and forth like he is there's a reason why people vote for orm to be on the throne he's a leader yeah. but he gets the job done so i like that one, one, one of my all-time favorite orm moments is at the end of throne of atlantis when he's in the human prison cell and he's like hello like can i speak to my brother please i'm so thirsty like him being lost like i don't belong here and like that that always hits me every single time it's like the last page of the trade and i'm just like damn like that's that's crazy yeah like he should have been in atlantis in like an atlantis prison but put him in a human prison so which makes him feel terrified i also yeah. like how um he did a solo series well no no he didn't um murder and mara series which yeah. felt like an orm series in all honesty it was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, a year, maybe two years ago, Mara had a, had a like, solo... Like 2018, like a I would say. Yeah, right when we were we reviewed it on the podcast, I believe. But, oh, uh, did we? That, that was probably early podcast. I think so, yeah. It was one of the early days. But Mara had a, had a miniseries, and it was about her and Ocean Master. And it's one of the best Ocean Master stories that I could recommend. If you're just looking for, like, Ocean Master doing things instead of Ocean Master versus Aquaman, read the Mara miniseries from just a couple of years ago. Like, I highly yeah. recommend it. It's good. And it's about him accepting the surface, too. He falls in love yeah. with a human, uh, takes care of a stepchild. Like, it's really nice. It makes him a bit more yeah. likable, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Number, uh, number four is Magneto. Uh, obviously yeah, there Hunter, it is. Uh, <laughs> fucked it up that I love Magneto. And it's true, I do love Magneto. It's my favorite yeah. mutant. Um, 
Uh, yeah, like uh, I agree with a lot of things Hunter says. Uh, the tragic backstory. I love the relationship between him and Charles. Um, and I've mentioned this before in the podcast. Michael Fassbender in the movies made me fall in love with the character. So huge kudos to that. Um, yeah, I usually talk down awesome. a lot of uh, live action comic book uh, appearances, but this is one of the all time greats in my opinion. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, and his his uh, Magneto solo series. I don't know what year it's from. Maybe twenty fourteen. I have the trades for it. It's like four trades. Uh, it's pretty enjoyable. So if you never checked it out, check it out sometime. Good to know. Magneto, everything I said before. So, yeah. Yeah, great character. All right, you're number four. My number four, bit generic. I almost didn't have him on my list, but then I decided to put him at And I put him at number four for all that. It's Joker. I know. All right, he's, he's my number three, so we can kind of discuss this together. Perfect, okay. <laughs> Joker is one of those characters, yeah, a little overrated, but there's a reason he is. There's a reason yeah. why he's one of the most, he is the most interesting character of all time, I would say. I mean, he's won two Oscars, basically. So <laughs> he, he's like, he's unpredictable. I like how he doesn't have an origin story. I like how he's, he always has a plan. He's always steps ahead of Batman in the comics, at least. And he's not written for just a generic side character in a story. And he's written as like the focus. That's when he really shines. Uh, Scott Snyder's run, for example, Killing Joke. Look, look at all the famous Joker stories. And they're ones where he's not to the side and it's not very sudden. It's been built up. And that's what I like about Joker's stories is that even though sometimes he's a little bit overused when he does first appear, like when he hasn't been used in a while and then he all of a sudden he appears, for example, not the greatest example, but Endgame, Batman Endgame, we didn't see him mm-hmm. for like three years and then suddenly he's back and he does a lot of damage to Gotham City that's still affecting characters like Duke Thomas today. So Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think Joker is an all-time great. Obviously, um, I, I do agree that Joker fanboys can make him unbearable sometimes. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of great stories with him for a reason. Um, you know, Killing Joke always comes to mind. I'm, I'm really curious to see where Three Jokers goes. I just realized that does Corona delay Three Jokers even more? It might. Probably right. That's the thing. Like when, when this all gets back to normal and comics are coming out, all the all the ones that we missed are they coming out at once? Or is everything that's, that's what I was wondering. Do they do a, they, I doubt they do a huge drop. I think they're just probably just going to release them weekly and everything gets pushed back to where it was. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. But yeah, so I'm really excited for three Jokers either way. And yeah, uh, Joker's just like an all-time great. Um, all right, so you're, you're number three. My number three is Dr. Octopus, Spider-Man Villain. Oh, so okay. My first comic book ever was Dr. Octopus Year One. So this uh-huh. is a comic issue that I had. It was an issue of that arc. And I got it when I was a mere child and not knowing very much how to read that well, I guess. But I remember buying this. I don't even remember how I got it, but I remember having it. I think I still have it. And mm-hmm. it's just this it's weird art. But it's what got me into comics. And then a few years later, uh, Spider-Man 2 comes out, which really, mm-hmm. really got me <laughs> into superheroes yeah. in general. That's like my childhood movie. So Dr. Octopus... Uh, he's the main villain of that, obviously. I like how his character... He, he's just a unique character. I mean, he's got the metal arms and everything. He's a scientist. I love how, before becoming Doc Ock, he respected Peter as almost like a son, in a way. And, like, he was so proud of Peter Parker. And then so angry at him, suddenly. It's just such, such a sudden turn that's tragic, but it makes him... It's still with him today. Today, in, like... If you read Superior Octopus, which is his current the current run, I think it's ended recently with Dr. Octopus, I could be wrong about that, where uh, he still respects Peter Parker, but at the same, same, same time, he still disagrees with him. Like, I respect Peter, but I disagree with Spider-Man, and I like that conflict, where he's not exactly much of a rival anymore, but more of just a person that he doesn't want to get in between, but disagrees with all the same. So yeah, yeah. Dr. Octopus. Yeah, that's great. Um, all right, so my number two is Lex Luthor. Um, okay, okay. Or, um, is he in your top two? Like, so we can discuss together? He is not, actually. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Okay, okay, I'll discuss him dolo. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so Lex Luthor is an all-time great villain. Um, there's just so much of the Superman mythos of him being behind it that's so interesting. Um, I think there's a lot of great Lex stories, um, but even some of my favorite Lex stories are not the mainstream ones, like all-star superman lex very interesting to me the ending very. of him getting the powers and realizing that there's so much more that he could be doing with his life very interesting Lex and lex is one of those versatile characters that i think there's just so many stories to tell 
Um, wh one of the Elseworlds that I've always wanted to see is, oh, like for the longest time, is that what if in an Elseworld, Clark ends up with Lana Lang and Lex Luthor ends up with Lois Lane? Given that Cl Clark gets a lot of his confidence from Lois, when he, especially like being Superman, so I wonder if he was with Lana. Lana was very Smallville-esque. Does he not have the confidence to be the hero of the world stage? And what does having Lois by his side do for Lex? In Red Sun, he ends up being like the smartest man on Earth and being the president of the United States and all this like crazy stuff. So very I always wonder, like, what, what, yeah. what, what, what would that Superman and Lex look like? A, a shy Superman who isn't the great hero that he should be and a Lex who can do so much great for the world with Lois Lane by his side. A story I've always wanted to see told or tell myself. DC, if you want to hire me, I'm here. Um, so Ooh, Elseworlds story. I can see Superman wearing a mask there. Maybe, maybe. That'd be Honestly. Cool. Interesting. That a different interesting. Like, suit. I don't know. There, there, there's so much to tell there. So, uh, But yeah, Lex is just one of those versatile villains that there's just so much to do with him. I think Apex Lex is Apex Lex is a little lame, but in the new yep. Fifty Two, I really thought he was cool as Super Lex, one of my favorite versions of the character. So that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna put Lex on my list, but I just Super Lex, Lex Luthor as a hero, and the new Fifty Two Starter Rebirth when he is an actual yeah. superhero. I prefer that Lex over any other Lex. I think that is the perfect version of Lex Luthor being a superhero, but still kind of like a dick. Like he's still pretty cocky. He's still kind of a mean guy. But just as a hero, that's what I yeah. want more of. And I was really disappointing that he went back to being a villain when Snyder started his good Justice League run. Like, it is a good run. He does write a good Lex up until he becomes Apex Lex, of course. But it is yeah. a good run. But I just prefer him as a hero so much that I didn't put him on my list. But he is one of my favorite characters, I would say, in comics. Yeah. Maybe not my favorite villain, though. Because my number two is yeah. Sinestro, for what you were saying Okay. Before. Yeah, I like how the tragedy of he was the hero, but then outshined by a mere human of all people who wasn't even supposed to get the ring technically. Like Adam Stewart yeah. told, chose him, the ring didn't choose him in a way. Yeah. So I I like how Sinestro was kind of like the he's angry over jealousy. He was outshined by some guy that just joined in. He he grew up knowing about the Green Lantern Corps, while Hal didn't. Hal didn't know who they were until he joined joined them. So I love the tragedy of Sinestro. He's one of my favorite, villain, favorite villains. I love when he appears. I love, even though he was on the Legion of Doom and kind of just put to the side, I liked him when he was front and center. I liked him when, like, he had the one one shot where he Luther gave him a job to, like, go talk to this race of people on a planet. And he did that, and that issue was great. He loves to be a leader, and he doesn't like to be outshined by others, which is why in that one shot... Sinestro said that he doesn't really like Luther. He's just doing it because he mm -hmm. can see a way of him replacing Luther in the end. I don't know if we'll ever get that, but I like Sinestro. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Honorable mentions before number right. one? Yeah. Uh, my honorable mentions names. would be Gen General Zod, Norman Osborn, Darkseid, Brainiac, Black Adam, Two-Face, Bane, and Ocean Master. Okay. Mine are Two-Face, Riddler, Mr. Freeze, Anti-Monitor, Doctor Doom, Reverse Flash, Grodd, and Owlman. Nice. Anti-Batman. And now for number All right, one. That brings us to number one. My yeah. number one is, of course, Zoom. Zoom. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Unpredictable. It's okay. I, I like to be like that. Um, Flash Blitz, obviously, an all-time great, an all-time favorite of mine. Um, I just think Hunter Solomon's motive for being a villain is so interesting. I think Jeff setting that up, like you had mentioned before, is just brilliant. And yeah, I mean, I've talked about him so much. There's no more that I could add. Like, he's just great. Go read Flash Blitz. <laughs> done, done. My number one is Black Manta. He is my favorite villain. Wow, did not see that coming. Really? Wow, I, I did not even process. That. I was trying to think when you were naming your honorable. I'm like, who did he not name yet? Who's number one? Wow. Really? Did wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah, Black Manta. I thought you knew that. Interesting. Okay, yeah. I did not know that. That's very Black Manta is my favorite villain. I love the character so much. I love how he's motivated by mere revenge, but it's not... Well, I guess it is cheesy, which is kind of what I like. Like, he will do anything just to hurt Arthur Curry. He will do absolutely mm -hmm. anything. He will disguise himself as a janitor just to get to an Atlantis showing on the surface just to blow it up in the end. And even though he knows Aquaman isn't there, he's just doing it to be like, ha ha, screw you, Arthur, and run off. <laughs> like, yeah. I like that about the character. How he kept that kind of cheesy style from the Golden Age. 
Uh, his mm-hmm. design, I actually think is a good design. I like it a lot. I don't care that he looks like a Power Ranger villain. His, uh, his backstory, how he's, he was encountered a superhero that killed. Imagine that if it's a Arthur meeting Black Manta and his father, it was Superman or it was Batman. The whole situation was changed. Black Manta would go to jail. He wouldn't be the killer that he is today. But instead, Arthur kind of made him this killer. He will do anything it takes just to hurt Arthur or Murrah or whoever he encounters. And even then, I love how in Justice League Drowned, which was a story that came out about a year and a half ago, uh, Black Manta said, screw you, Luther. I came to hurt Arthur. I'm not here to do your damn war. And he left. Like, he he just has this motivation and he sticks to it. He doesn't care about others. He just cares about Aquaman, (laughs) really. He will even hurt himself for it. And I just... He's such a cool character. He's a pirate who has a cool suit. And I love his relationship with Atlantis in general. He loves it, but he hates it. And he is a child, Aqualad. Calder, if you know Young Justice, if not, it's Jackson Hyde. And he doesn't care for it, but he does at the same time. And that's why I love... Just gonna pause the podcast for a second, because... Hey, JD, you there? No? You're not there, JD? Okay, well, he just texted me. For those who don't know, I'm in Canada, he's in America, so we record online, and he just texted me saying his fire alarm just went off, and he was just rushed out of his building. So now I'm going to pause this and wait for him to come back and maybe explain what's going on. So yeah. And he is back now, maybe? Snap. And you're back. Sorry about that. My uh, fire alarm went off um, in my building. When it goes off, it goes off on the other end of the building first and then makes its way to mine. So I heard it in the distance and I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. So I meet my mic, text Hunter, and I'm like, okay, I'll be back. And <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just finished my list. Finished explaining why I like Black Manta, blah, blah, blah. You were there for pretty much all of it. So now yeah, we're ready yeah. to continue on with the uh, villain episode. Yes. Yes, our next section of the villains is villains that deserve a solo. So uh, for the way I broke this down, I did it of a villain that I think deserves a mini slash maxi and a villain that I think deserves an ongoing. Okay. So my villain that I think deserves a mini slash maxi is Captain Cold. I Makes think sense. that yeah. he could easily, easily, easily be written into a mini and maxi. I mean, even though Final Crisis Rogues Revenge is the Rogues, it's very much a Captain Cold story. And that's, I believe, three issues. That's a really good one. Um, I think that if Scott Collins and Jeff Johns worked on one together, I think it would be brilliant. And I think they could really do it. Um, I'd just love to see like a hard traveling rogue of Captain Cold. I, I think there's a lot of story to be told be there. Awesome. Um, yeah. uh, for As for ongoing, I would love to see another Magneto ongoing. Um, I mentioned the one from 2014 I thought was really good. Um, and just the current state that he's in with the X-Men. I mean, I think they're setting up a story for him, but I think that could lead to an ongoing, which would be really cool. Maybe him going bad again. But with yeah, Charles at his side. Possibly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah I okay. mean, there, there's a there's story to be told there, so I'd love to see it. Okay. So those, my, that's mine. I didn't do a mini-year ongoing, just a, an ongoing. And okay. for that, it would be Black Adam. I'd love to see a continuation of where we saw him last and well, not last, but where we saw him at, at the end of Sinestro with uh, yeah. the end of Sinestro's new 52 book was he, uh, he basically, the world was like being attacked. And so he sent a ton of yellow lantern rings to a ton of people. They even had just a little bit of fear to them to defend her. Mm-hmm. Some of those characters include Scarecrow, Harley Quinn, Superman, and Wonder Woman. So they became yellow lanterns for a bit, but at the end of the arc, he took all the rings back. But he let Black Adam keep his ring. And so Black Adam put his ring away. And we haven't seen him use it since. So I love a series where he puts the ring It's like it's almost been forgotten. Exactly, yeah. I love to see a Yellow Lantern Black Adam story. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, Now our next little area is underrated villain. Who is a villain you think is severely underrated? And we would like to hopefully see return if they haven't been around for a while. Do you know the Spider-Man villain, Spot? It sounds familiar. I don't he, know if I do. Spot's the villain that, and I don't even really know that much about him, but just the concept of him is really cool, and I don't think he's been used. He could open up portals, like little tiny portals, and like transport his, like, like if he punches through a portal, all of a sudden his hand will appear at Spider-Man's face. He actually appeared okay. in the animated series, the 90s animated series, so you might remember him from that. Okay. Like, I think he was like a one-off villain on that. I never actually seen the show, but so, I when I was looking up uh, Spot before, uh, prepping for the episode, I saw that, I was like, whoa. So, uh... Yeah, yeah. Um, Spot is a very like interesting concept of villain. Like, I, I think that's a very interesting power set. So, I think there is a story to tell. Kind of like so. sideways, in a way. Kind of, yeah, okay. kind of. 
Yeah. But the, but he was created in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he came first, though. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it does sound interesting. I can see a modern representation of Spot appearing someday. Well, if writers remember him. I don't even know who he is. Yep. If you, after the episode, Google it. Um, there, there was an animated series episode about him, so that's probably what you would know him from. Maybe, yeah. What, what animated series? Like 90s? or? Yeah, the, it, lo- it looked like the 90s one based on the animation. Okay, I watched a lot of 90s Spider-Man as a kid, so. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I'll have to look him up. Uh, my underrated villain is a villain we've only seen once. Not that old. Mm-hmm. It's Mr. Blue. Mr. Blue. Yeah. yeah oh, I know whoa. It. <laughs> it's the Batman. I, I, I knew it. I forgot, I forgot you love Mr. Bloom a lot. I love Mr. Bloom. He was so cool. He appeared at the end of New 52 in the Batman arc called Super Heavy. You could get it in Batman Volume 7, I believe, of New 52, 2011. Oh, is it 7? I thought it was later. I, it could be 8. I think there's only 7 or 8 runs. It's the last run. It's the last arc for Batman New 52. And mm-hmm. it's this villain who uh, he wears like all black except his face. He doesn't have a face. He just has a flower where his face would be a sunflower. And his powers are he could grow his limbs. Not like Mr. Fantastic. More in like a creepy way where he can't like bend them around like plasticky. They're still very mm-hmm. bony and they like crack when they grow. He's very creepy. His main thing is yeah. he grows his fingers so long and so sharp. He makes his fingernails sharp and he just pokes through people's necks and they end up dying mm-hmm. by that way. He was so interesting and cool, and he could grow all giant, but it's painful for him to do it. And I feel like there's a yeah. lot more he could tell with this one-shot villain. I want to see him return mm-hmm. really badly. He was so interesting, and we haven't seen him since 2015, late or yeah. early 2016. So, yeah, I miss him. And, yeah, yeah. that's my underrated. Next all part right. of the show? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, we did the we've pretty much covered uh, every villain thing that we wanted to cover except for one, which is our villain story pitch. Yeah. So uh, Hunter and I will essentially do a elevator style pitch of a villain that already exists in comics and a story that we would like to see be done with them. Okay. So uh, uh, my, you want me, you want me to go first? Or you want to go first? Well, I was gonna say I kind of started mine already. Just looking at my notes, I was like, oh crap, I started too early. It was the the black lantern, yellow lantern thing. Oh, so that was my pitch. That was the start of my pitch. Do you mind if oh, I? Oh, okay. Yeah, then go on, on please. Uh, it was gonna be yeah. He he goes back to Yellow Lantern Ring, and he uses mm-hmm. it not necessarily for villainous ways, but to protect Earth from outside threats. Maybe threats that other heroes don't notice are coming in from space. And okay. I would have and it that using fear to his advantage. Exactly, but I would also have it so you know how like each sector of the universe and DC. There is a Green Lantern protecting it, for the most part. Like, there's yeah. a Green Lantern of Earth. I would have yeah. Black Adam be the Yellow Lantern of Earth, protector of Earth. Then instead of, of, two a eight, Lantern, of 2814? Yeah, exactly, which is the sector. I would have him protecting mm-hmm. that whole area, as, and he would have conflicts with other Green Lanterns, but in the end, they're both doing the same job. It's kind of like good cop, bad cop, except the good cops don't really like the bad cop, despite having the same motivations. I would have the world yeah. fear him, despite him saving the world and him kind of struggle with that like i'm a hero but they will never accept me as that despite me saving them and some days he might save the world from this huge threat that would blow up half the planet but no one would know so no one really appreciates him because no one believes that actually happened even though it did so I'd have him struggle uh, so with being it, Yellow Lantern. Is there a creative team that you would want to see for this? Or is this a story that you feel like only you could tell? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't think a creative team. For art, I would want... this. Uh, this honestly, same creative team that was Sinestro, New 52. Which was, I will mm-hmm. look up right away. But until then, you want to go over yours? Because that's my pitch right there. Yeah. Yeah, so my uh, villain story pitch is actually about the rival... Uh, the rival is Jay Garrick's Reverse Flash. Uh, he has like a very darkened version of Jay's suit. He first appeared in Jay's very last issue of the Golden Age in Flash Comics 104, and then didn't appear for like 30 years <laughs> or 40 years. And then okay. he appeared in a little bit of Jeff Johns JSA stuff. But he's an interesting looking villain. This is the thing with a lot of Flash villains. They're interesting looking, but we know we know almost nothing about them. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see a little bit more on him. Um, in in Jeff Johns' story with the JSA, Edward Claris comes back uh, wanting to um, kind of ruin Jay's life. Like uh, Jay's wife, Joan, uh, has cancer, and her doctor ends up being Edward Claris in disguise, and she doesn't actually have cancer. He was faking the cancer the whole time. 
Okay. Um, it's, it's, it's an interesting story. So um, I, I would want to see something along those lines where the rival returns and it's more of just like an obsession. And I, I think I would want his obsession to be about how much Jay is liked. Because if you yeah. think about it, every superhero likes Jay Garrick. He's like a very like grandpa, like everyone loves him. Okay. So I'd, I'd love to see him want to like tarnish Jay's reputation. Given that his suit looks like his, he could act as Jay Garrick of like committing crimes or doing stuff wrong so that the public loses trust in Jay Garrick. Frame him. Yeah. And and that other superheroes, like he could like, you know, beat up an enti- another superhero and make it look like Jay did it. So I would want him to kind of like lurk from the shadows and want to take away everything for the man who has everything. Oh, that's a good line. <laughs> that's Thank a very you. good line. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, was, that was the line I wrote down in my notes when I wrote down my elevator pitch. So <laughs> um and as for creative team, um, given that Jeff Johns is the guru of Flash villains, I think Jeff would be the best one to write that. Okay. But uh yeah. Yeah, I mean, art um, could really be anyone. Um, I would love uh, even uh, Dale Eagle Eaglesham. He did. He worked on JSA with uh, Jeff, and he did some of the early Shazam stuff. So, well, what do you know? Okay, uh, yeah. I just uh, I looked up the creative team for Sinestro, and art is Dale Eaglesham. So, oh, what do you know? <laughs> yeah, you would be my artist too. And the right, the writer is Cullen Bunn. So I would okay. want them just to continue their story, but instead of focusing on Sinestro, focus on Adam. But yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's you have the same artist. So there we go. That's there you cool. go. Yeah, right. and that um, is pretty much the end of our villain episode. But it's not the end of the episode um, because I read a comic. <laughs> wow, um, lucky. And it's not a DC or Marvel comic. I'm I know this is crazy. About it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not a comic that a lot of people probably know about. Um, so Chip Zdarsky has a newsletter uh, every Tuesday or Wednesday. There's an email of uh, essentially just what's going on in his life. And it's usually like a big like joking uh, letter. It, it's funny. Hunter subscribes it's to it too. Funny. It's it's yeah. it's very comical. Like he'll put like his contract demands for Marvel and it's like getting another writer fired. I want to be able to write Batman, like stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so any, anyway, um, in this week's, he was talking about, you know, Corona's tough on comics and that he has this comic called Afterlift that is a comicsology like exclusive and that he and comicsology teamed up and they're going to make it free for 24 hours only. You just got to use the code Afterlift. I posted it on my story and everything uh, just so other people could download it because I was like, oh, this is a cool opportunity. It's like a, it's probably like 100 pages. Like it's a pretty short book, but uh, it's it's pretty fun. So um, Afterlift is a play on the words of Afterlife and Lift. Um, essentially it's a driver for a place like Uber or Lyft and, uh, she picks up this guy, um, and he's actually, um, one of the angels of hell and he, his job is to bring bodies to hell or bring souls to hell. So he picks up this girl, um, while he's in the lift and her phone like starts bugging out the driver and he, uh, it starts giving her directions to hell and she's like out of the plane of existence despite earth looking the same around her. Um, it's, it's like an interesting concept and, um, she's has to deliver this girl to hell. That's, that's like, she is a regular person, but has to deliver this person to hell for an angel and they're being, uh, like chased down. Um, it's a pretty interesting story because she ends up turning on that angel and, uh, trying to save the girl's soul, uh, so that she doesn't have to go to hell. Um, very interesting. Um, it's, it's short, but I thought the concept was really cool. It actually reminded me of a story idea that I had had about, um, an angel of death not wanting to bring someone to death. Oh, so yeah. it's it's a little bit different, <laughs> but it's kind of like that. So I, I, I dug it. Um it's it's like a hundred pages. Um if I think the the uh, free code expired, I mean you could still try it. It was it, I think it was just code afterlift when you go and redeem on Comixology. But um if you want to check it out, I think it's like ninety nine cents if it's not if it's not free anymore. So um I think it's worth the read. It was, you know, it was pretty entertaining. Uh, Chip's a good writer. My only uh, minor complaint would be um, there's a lot of f bombs. <laughs> it's very, <laughs> it's very language heavy like that. Because um, it threw me off just seeing that in a comic. Because I'm so used to reading DC and Marvel comics where you can't say that. So all of a sudden I'm yeah. like, what the? <laughs> and yeah, they, they like in a hundred pages they probably say the f word at least fifty times. Jeez, so okay, <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's a lot of it. So that that would be my only minor complaint. But other than that, I really enjoyed it. So uh, yeah, yeah, check it out. And if you were able to download it for free, yeah, go ahead and read it. It was uh, it was pretty enjoyable, and it's a quick read. Yeah. So. Okay. 
I'll just check it out. Yeah, I like Strip Zdarsky. Yeah. He's the current writer for Daredevil, for those who don't know, and he is yes. fantastic on Daredevil. So. Yeah, it was, it was interesting watching him do a creator-owned character instead of doing a character from Marvel. So Yeah, I mean, he created the cop in Daredevil, I guess, but yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. But but like a whole like you had a to whole build universe. The universe yeah, 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 yeah. That is that is interesting so, when a well-known writer has to do that. So yeah, cool. Yeah, so I so I thought it was I thought it was pretty enjoyable, and like I said, it's a quick read. So um, if you want to check that out, I would recommend it. Um, I cool. I enjoyed it for the most part. So it's an interesting concept more than anything. So yeah, and if you got it for free, good for you. That's uh that's that's really good. I'm I'm glad I caught that, and I wanted like people were thanking me for having it on my story. And I'm like, oh yeah, no problem. I, I like I would hope that if I didn't see that, somebody would share it with me. Like that's mm-hmm. a cool offer that uh, Chip and Comicsology did. So props to them. Yeah, and that's so. it for the comics. Weird. <laughs> yes, that's it for the comics. It feels weird, weird to uh, talk about that, but uh, yeah. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, let us know. Um, we are going to be trying to get through, like I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, we're going to be trying to get through the next few weeks. You know, we're going through the same boat that a lot of you guys are going through where it's just not that much going on, uh, but we'll make it through. You know, we'll do a trade talk or we'll do something along those lines. We will and, do uh, yeah, different we'll, themes. We'll, we'll get well. creative. <laughs> yeah, we will talk about only characters that wear green. So look forward to that because that will happen one day, I'm sure, when we start. Gr- green Arrow and Green Lantern. And Swamp Thing <laughs> but, and... Uh, that's about we're, it. We're, we're already running out of characters. <laughs> but you can look forward but, uh, to that episode, the green episode. It's going to yeah, happen. The green episode. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll find some things, and who knows? Maybe we'll even talk about future things that Hunter and I are planning. So Yeah, it's because yeah. we um, do have plans outside the podcast we, for we, a hero We do story. have some kind of plans for the Hero Story brand. So, yeah, it's becoming uh, a company. We, uh, Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> yes. So I'll leave it at that. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, we would appreciate a review of five stars or whatever you feel we're worth. I hope that you think we're worth five stars. <laughs> uh, if you're listening on uh, wherever you're listening, we appreciate a follow, subscribe, like, and all that stuff. For Hero Story, I'm JD. I'm Hunter. And stay safe out there. And thanks for being a hero. Yes. Stay safe. And remember, every second is a gift. Goodbye. Ooh.